I like the card throw. Just oh, get it off things. my plate. Bro, I knew once I knew I was just like, I'm crossing the fucking finish line. I'm not gonna slow me down. Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome Brandana Sports Podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 80 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, with the new respect for the armed forces, most awesome. That's right. That's right. Squeaking out an army victory today, folks. Wow, buddy. You know, I'm... uh... Uh, by pod marriage, I am a, a go boo. I'm go blue. That's right. I'm a Michigan right. fan. You were sweating it out just like us. 24-21. They like to run the ball, so uh, I think three total passes thrown. One of those yes. two Michigan. So, I mean, that's a good. If you're intercepting 33% of the passes thrown by the other team, that is a pretty good stat. Uh, Ooh, I ha- like that spin. <laughs> what, what happened in this game? I don't, well, they just turned the ball over. Michigan just turned the ball over repeatedly. Shea Patterson is, I mean, when he transferred from Ole Miss, a lot of the Ole Miss fans were like, ah, you're not going to be super thrilled with Shea Patterson because he's going to be loose with the football, turn it over, he's going to make dumb shit mistakes. And that's kind of what we said. And, and the broadcasters were talking about an injury from last week from the Middle Tennessee game that might have been hung, hanging it up. But, uh, you know, uh, the this is the same old kind of Michigan issues. Like we just can't get past having quarterback issues. And I get it. We're changing a new offensive scheme. So there's some time in that, but uh, Hey, players got to make plays and we didn't make a ton today. That's fine. I kind of remember that vibe from Redskin fans where it's just like, yeah, we got Kirk Cousins. They're just like, Oh, you enjoy right. that. My friend. <laughs> Sorry, right. uh, guys, we'll get right into it. We have a jammed pack episode 80 guys. We're doing ripping the headlines. We're doing, Brown out. We're going to hit the inbox. Got time for one email from that. We're doing the MAMA parenting tip. That's right. It's back. We got Coach Awesome going to be right in here and tell us a little bit about a scouting report he saw today. Uh, Neapolitan Showdown, we're doing top three fishes. Don't overthink it, guys. We're just going to rank our top three fishes. That's what we're doing. Going to hit the Brandana Gambling Corner. We're going to give you our Super Bowl picks for the 2020 NFL Super Bowl this year. We're going to finish as we always do with our MVP of the week, ladies and gentlemen. You're our power. Starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines read, if you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right, guys. Rip from the headline. Brownout. All right, this is obviously about all the Antonio Brown news. We thought maybe it would be a little late dropping it, but so much shit has happened in just the last 24 hours. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? We're talking about this because it's probably one of the wildest athlete-related stories that I can think of in a while. Like, like pure athleticism, not like, hey, this guy got in trouble or this guy yeah. did something nefarious. This is like a straight, like, dr- melodrama in... Uh, the sporting world that I haven't 
remembered or seen since T.O. maybe since I mean since well, longer than that it's it's wild it's crazy it's like I'm, I'm, so I'm gonna read off just kind of like the highlights of the events that have transpired just over the like the preseason and I think the wild thing is like T.O. is a great point T.O. had a shit but like there are like six month windows in between every antic he did like these were just right. like one two three punch all right we had uh, a helmet not fitting um, they say you yep. can't get a new helmet Threatens to not play, not showing up for the OTAs. His feet, the bottom, get burned in a cryogen freezing chamber, whatever. Uh, yeah, it doesn't show up. Uh, so it figures out the helmet. After he threatened not to play, he comes back with the helmet. Uh, he gets a message from the Raiders, and the GM is just like, hey, uh, here's your fine for not being there for a walkthrough. Post that on Instagram. Yes. And then gets in an altercation with the GM, Maylock. Um Racial slurs from Antonio Brown to Maylock maybe uh, being held back by Bonte per- Perfect in uh in Bontes all Perfect, yep, perfect yep. in all ironies of ironies uh, maybe true maybe not true, uh, but we do have what's funny is like I think what this is really different is we do have the Instagram timeline where Antonio Brown was not shy about hiding who he really is. Uh, so then he gets that letter, uh, tweets out the letter about the thing, um, and then as of like Friday late tweets out uh or instagrams out like i want to be released and then on the turn of all turns and i think the go ahead i want you to jump in here the icing on the cake is releases like this video that looks like a nike ad that has like a recorded phone call between him and john gruden which means there's some sort of like he's recording it means at least he's recording phone calls between him, him and John Gruden, which I think we're going to overlook this, but this is like bananas to me. Yeah, that that's this is insane. And and uh, so I think the only thing that got flip flop in it is that his he asked for his release before the or, or after he put out that video. He put out that oh, okay. video. I thought I saw. I then, thought I saw it on maybe. Okay, so here's what I saw on Friday. Before, it's happening so fast. It's sure, hard sure, to keep exactly. track of how that's it what else, we're talking you know about. What I mean? Oh uh, yeah. So I think I said this because. Uh, so he didn't ask for his release, but on Friday before the video, he was like, "If I'm not getting my guaranteed money, like no way I'm gonna play. Like I'm yeah, not playing." Okay, right. The, there was definitely there was some of that, and then what happened is, is then after the dust up with Mayock, um, he had well, firstly he don't. We also left out the emotional apology to the team. Oh where yeah, that's when Gruden was gonna yep, yep, when, yep, where yep, Gruden yep. was gonna say this is on September 6th. So this is even like it's like. A week ago, this is like a few days ago. Actually, this is we're we're, quite, we're recording on Saturday the seventh. So this is yesterday midday. Releases uh, a, a statement like a twenty second, like yeah, I'm really I'm sorry. Everything I'm I'm here to play. Let's move on. Like that yeah. was that, and then drops the Gruden recorded video. Right, which, yeah, let, which let's is, not overlook. This is like this is like a three million dollar commercial. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you guys caught this, but if it's yeah, it's just like this weird ego piece and also like i'd love to dissect that i don't want to get too deep i, I want to keep you rolling because i know you're getting hot yeah. now and you gave me plenty of time it just it, to me what's really interesting is his lines where like gruden's just like do you want to be a raider and i think we just get to see a little bit into antonio brown's mindset about the victimhood because he's just like it's not about me wanting to be a raider it's about if you guys want me to be a raider and it's just like man you it's a weird way to answer that question yes absolutely yeah, it's it's very weird. It's it's odd, and and that's the thing is is it ends with something to the effect of, and I'll, I'm paraphrasing, like I'm more than a football player. I'm a person. Yes. And that was like that was like I think the theme that that was underlying it. And you're right. It is 
he's trying to align himself in this like victim stage of like this is all happening to him. Yes, it's not. It's not happening to him. So he releases that video, and it was a good looking video. I'm not gonna lie. Very good looking. Can I ask you? Can I ask you one more question? Like eight times. So I have one more question. Not to get it, and I'll watch this some more too. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Like I I know the joke. So if it's um, think about it like this, and this is the last time because I want to get off his video comment. But like I keep going back to like, do you want to be a raider? It's like you're having this pending breakup with somebody they have a really serious relationship with. And if they were like, do you want to be with me? And if your answer right. is, well, it's not about that. It's about, do you want me to be with you? It's just like, you're not fucking answering the questions. Like, yeah, yeah, this, this is so like ego on your part. It has like absolutely nothing to do with, you just say yes to that. Yeah, I mean, am right. I hitting, am I hitting this home, bro? Like it's so, it's so bizarre. Do your thing, do your thing, bro. It is, no, you're right. Is, so then what happens then? Uh, they get they send him two more letters. The Raiders send AB two more letters. One is from Mayock, and one is them informing him that they're finding him two hundred fifteen thousand dollars for contract uh, conduct detrimental. That's what then they can use to enforce to void out his yeah. guaranteed money. That's when he ass. says. That's when it all kind of rolls. And then twelve hours later, he's like, "Release me! I want to be free," or whatever it is. And then as of like five thirty today. Signs a one-year deal with the Patriots, one year up to $15 million with a $9 million signing bonus. Just a roller coaster. I mean, and, and if even if you step it back to, and I know many people have talked about it, like his time with the Steelers. like, And you mentioned it in Pod's past, like the Facebook Live thing where he was like in the locker yeah. room recording them. Um, you know, basically sits out last year or not last year, last game of the season that's, after he got into a few dust ups. That. With You're right. Yeah, that's wild. With Ben Roethlisberger, and then even when he was going to be was was offering trades, and they had the Bills trade on the table, basically, and there was only four teams that were involved that were really like really to making a move for. Uh, Antonio Brown it was the Bills the Raiders the Titans and the Redskins and he was all like it was like he's going to Buffalo and then he started tweeting out all sorts of crazy shit like oh this is fake news and blah 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 like it's never going to happen not in a million years Mm -hmm. and then he goes to the Raiders and for a third and fifth round pick yeah when you think about it it's like a pittance in comparison to the production that he got on the field so uh, you know it's this this is just a wild ride that we've seen and now he's ending up on the pats which i know a lot of conspiracy theorists have have been speculating and talking about and like this is such a patriots move and it is such a patriots move absolutely so yeah so we'll, we'll jump into that so right now the first question out of the gate i want to know is is this a b just cause and effect stumbling his way through some preseason just being like an insane person and then this is just how the events unfolded or is this some sort of master chess move where he was just like holy shit he left the situation in pittsburgh he's just like i can't be on a team that doesn't compete like this david carr thing's not gonna fucking work out and then like pushes kind of everything in just to kind of learn enough the beast that he's seen he's just like i'm gonna be such a fucking pain in the ass that i know i can get some money on the free market and force my way out of here yeah, that, that's a weird thing. I mean, he got a bump up from the trade, so he he got like pay escalators in his in his salary to be there. So I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like I I, I it seems so. I mean, the cryotherapy stuff and not putting on the right socks. No one in their right mind would like willingly harm themselves, especially their feet. I mean, we're to go do, and then I would debate with you. I don't know if we're talking about someone in their right mind. This is true. I mean that that could be true. I mean we we could. I mean we, you know it'd be. 
uh, in poor form for us to speculate anything like on his like you know mental state or well being or what have you. Sure, sure, yeah, but he, yeah. I don't think I think, think uh, this whole conversation is assumed not CTA CTE related. Yeah, right. I think it's just yeah. Oh, right. It's just I think yeah. I think there's just there's a lot of different things at play there. So then the helmet thing. Now that definitely seems like a, a, a diva thing, and they but they supported him through it. So is it is it him just like well I'll just keep escalating and escalating and escalating this and then that but that but the risk is that he knows that a good team is willing to gamble on him yeah so that so that implies that there has to be some conversation and that's why I brought up the point about the trade officer offers in in uh, March when they were looking to deal him the, the Patriots weren't there none of those teams are are contenders Bills Raiders Titans maybe Redskins none of those guys are really like in a good solid situation so he, so assuming that he's master chessing his way through this, he has to know that there's got to be something out there. Otherwise, what could happen is he just is out money, and no one's going to sign him. Yeah, so I mean, I it's do, a huge do, risk. Do I do really think that happens? I think there's enough cap room on enough teams where you know he knows he can at least like weather the ship. He can get like some sort of patch and just get some sort of paycheck, which is exactly what's happening. And also, I want to ask a second question to this also. You say like all these non-contenders were the people that were actually trade partners with the Steelers. Is that 100% like them induced? Or is it also like Steelers sifting through some contenders where they're just like, I ain't sending Antonio Brown to the AFC North and I sure as shit ain't sending him to like the Chiefs or the Patriots. Sure, it could be. I mean, obviously, but, you know, Drew Rosenhaus's agent is probably going to, you know, talk a whole bunch of stuff about what the market was for Antonio I mean, he was obviously working on his behalf to find a deal with the with the Steelers to get compensation and move his his client, and then his client, you know, pivoted on that. So, um, yeah, it it it, it it's hard to say. I th- I would have thought that if there was a huge market for Drew Rosenhaus or for Antonio Brown, uh, Brown, Drew Rosenhaus would have been banging it from the mountaintop. To well, make it sure would, that his but I mean, is had it, value? Didn't he? get that i mean i don't and you can tell me on this and i'm not trying to make drink and we can post after the fact like I don't, antonio brown's contract with the raiders was very competitive right if not like in the top 10 of being paid as wide receivers it was like guaranteed yeah, he, was, he was like he was three for 50 million uh and and 30 of it was guaranteed like 29.6 was guaranteed so comparatively um, like about like fifteen million bucks, uh, fifteen million a year. That's like somewhere in the what Odell Beckham got ish. Maybe I think Odell Beckham was like seventeen ish or yeah. so. I could be wrong. Everyone could be just like, "Oh, you dumb shit! Why don't you know this?" But <laughs> no, no. you know what I mean. Well, like well, this is off I the top think, of the dome, people. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I and mean, you're getting close enough. My point only, and I was trying to back into corner. My point would be like Rosen's house job is to get like one of the best deals for a dance partner that the Steelers are willing to dance with. And also, right. the, I think there's two different kinds of wide receivers, and I think all of them fancy themselves as a as this kind of wide receiver until they go from a great situation to a bad situation, which is my talent is so above everything else, like I now make this team a contender. Where like right. we saw Ob, uh, OBJ do the backside of that, where it's just like, holy shit, like I can't compete with this quarterback. And I think that's a little bit of what was sinking into Antonio's brown head, where he's like, got to the Raiders, he was like, holy fuck, like we're not even a playoff team. Yeah, it definitely could be. I mean, it's it it is a compelling argument to sit there and say he got there and it was like, "Fuck, this ain't happening." I'm 31. I only have a couple more like 
perennial All Pro seasons in me. If that, yeah, I'm still, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm two hits or three hits away. I could be done completely. So let's try and get a a, a Super Bowl. He's a crazy man. All right, uh, what does this do to the Raiders? Over under was six. We're talking about it. Assuming Antonio Brown was going to be starting WR one for them. Yeah, I mean, I heard recently that they just took it off. The, like before this, sure. Like Thursday or Friday, they took it off the Vegas, took it off the board altogether, because it's just a, it's a, it's wild. No time, and and I could be probably wrong on this, but at no time in the history of football or, or professional sports, when you have this much turmoil surrounding the start of a season or amidst the season, will you have a winner? You just can't. There are too many outside forces that are that are pulling at this team to make them win seven games to be seven and nine there's just not they're devoid of talent antonio brown since 2015 has been voted by the players in the top eight best players of the nfl running since two since 2015 so he is a top 10 player in the league and you take that off of a team that was already projected to be under 500 yeah there's just no fucking way. So we also had Joe on the podcast, too, and he was talking a little bit, which I thought was a great point that was overlooking, like a team that's leaving the city that year. Yeah. There's somebody on the podcast that was just like, oh, everyone's going to rally around one last year. It's just like, no, they're not. <laughs> that's right. not how fan right. bases work. They're not like, you're leaving awesome. Well, we wish you well. Like, just a Break the glass of champagne over the back of like the bow of the <laughs> ship, and it's just like, enjoy <laughs> right. Las Vegas. That's not what fucking happens. Uh, no. it, it would be, I mean... Obviously, I'm not putting any money here, and we'll maybe uh, I doubt we'll hit in Brandon in the gambling corner because we're talking <laughs> playoffs <laughs> on this yeah, one. Yeah, so right, this, right. this probably won't come up, but it would be nice to see. I don't. It'd be nice to see. There can be whatever. Let's not get philosophical about this, but just a galvanizing. Could this be a galvanizing like event for the Raiders? Like if Gruden's really in, like on David Carr, and he's just like, we're gonna we're gonna do this. Fuck that! Like we we stuck up for you guys as a team. We don't need the noise. Like let's move forward. Yeah, it's it's all contingent on how the rest of the clubhouse perceives this. Like the rift between management, Mayock and Gruden and Brown. If they think like, if they think like this guy was a fucking chucklehead, and he he was held the team we wanted him because he was supremely talented, yeah. but he's he's fucking up what we're doing. Then good riddance, and then it can be. Yeah. And he even tweeted out something very weird too, where it was like, you know, the the child who doesn't get like brought into the village soon will burn the village down or something. Did you see that tweet? Oh my! It's fucking lunatic. You can't keep up with this. You can't keep up with Antonio Brown. Uh, All right, brother, we're up against it for the ripped. Uh, One last question I wanted to hit you with though. Right. Does AB flourish in New England? Give me what happens on a scale of Chad Ochocinco to Randy Moss. Ooh, I love it. I love the chat. I love the chat. <laughs> You're liking the card toss. I, like I can't it. see I'm it. I'm into it. Can they hear it? I love I love I love that you did o- Ocho Cinco did to Randy you. Moss. <laughs> uh I think it's so funny. And I was like, man, I I mean, maybe he's a less murdery version of Aaron Hernandez. Like Jesus. I don't know. Like I think equally crazy. Wow. But kind of- I don't know, combustible. But I think he could produce for them. Uh yeah, absolutely. So here's here's the thing. Um I, like absolutely, like I think he's a great fit for 
um, Tom Brady. Like the big thing I can't like Cooks didn't really explode in New England like I thought he would. Just kind of like a right. small guy with speed, but he wasn't. I don't think he. I think he quietly put up more numbers than I'm actually giving credit for. So it'd be right. interesting to see if New England is because to me, and I know I've said it on the pod at least the last couple of years, it's been a little bit less of. Tom Brady's going to go swing his dick out there when football games and more of Tom Brady's not going to get fucking sacked. So we're going to run, we're going to do some wheel routes, we're going to just like get Sony Michelle in space. Like that's going to be the game plan. You know, oh, like for sure. We'll, we'll air it out to Antonio Brown, you know, like three times a game, but it ain't going to be Randy Moss 2.0. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which is unfair because I mean, Randy Moss had a 2.0 version, which was terrible. <laughs> so it's not going to be like Randy Moss 1.0. Right, exactly. Yeah. No, I think I think it'll be good. I think it'll open stuff up, but I think really like you said before, they're they're going to dink and dunk their way and find red zone matchups and just set up so Tom Brady doesn't get hit at all. I mean, we'll yeah. talk more about this in the game in the Brandy on a game like corner cuz the Patriots I think will will have their place in that time. Uh yeah, absolutely. So I guess on my way out, uh is this the best wide receiving core in the NFL? Uh, well, let me say this. If Gordon plays 16 games. Yeah, I was going to say, I was looking wild. at this. It's fucking super deep. Like, look at this. So, Julian Edelman, yeah. Josh Gordon, yep. Antonio Brown, uh, the new rookie out of NC State, Jacoby Myers, who shown, shown some flashes. Yeah. You have Demarius Thomas, who's coming back. So, he's a big-bodied, you know, post-you-up red zone threat. And let's not forget about uh philip dorsett who's a speedy guy he's a little guy but he's gonna get you 20 30 catches and he's gonna be put the fear of god in you running deep I and mean, that's six wide receivers sure all of those guys are pretty i mean well jacoby myers is a rookie but all those guys have done some things at some point in time yeah and i'm not gonna put it here but it does you know having a a running back can catch balls out of the backfield definitely opens up the game. Just happen to pay attention to that also, which has been a yeah. big focus for the Patriots with Sonny Michelle. Um, all right, brother. Burkhead and James White. I mean, right. yeah. I mean, there's they have a lot of weapons, guys. Just when you think we won't tackle the biggest, most insane. We got to beat – you know, I was walking over to do the pod with you, and we don't usually timestamp these on there, but everyone knows it's Saturday night at around, you know, 944 Eastern. I was like, we're going to finally – beat the fucking bill simmons podcast we're gonna drop this knowledge about what this trade means and then on my walk over here there was a new like emergency it was like bing, bing. yeah uh, that's what ha- that's what happens when you have a million dollar yeah, podcasting yeah. on fire quit showing, right? quit showing off your staff all right let's jump into the inbox okay it may be inbox this might be uh you know i love the inbox i love you guys chirping at us might be my least favorite part today just because this email is long as fuck but uh we were told when it was sent that basically dared me that I wouldn't read the whole thing. So buckle up your seatbelts, pull over the car, pull up the kids, whatever you got to do, light a candle. Here we go. Uh, the name of it is Days and Confused about – I can't say. What is it? Days and Confused about your response? To Days your and, opinions. Your opinions. Okay. It's about the Days and Confused. Uh, quick draw Neapolitan showdown that Joe gave us. Greetings, most awesome in Brandon. I was sorely disappointed in your character selections for best days confused characters, never mentioning Mike, the character played by Adam Goldberg. Not only does Mike undergo the most change throughout the film, admits his existential realizations about life, not only does he decide on a career that he will find fulfilling, but he is laser-focused on living each moment of life to the fullest. Laser-focused is capsed. 
good find. Uh, he's no longer content with sitting idle by and letting the best moment, best uh, moments of life pass him by or getting pushed around, but instead jumps headfirst into sinking his teeth into the ass of life. Sure, he gets his face brutalized for his bravery, but that's part of the journey. In 1976, Texas, he achieves the kind of self-actualization that 8% of Instagram influencers in 2019 would only dream of achieving. Sure, Brandon has no idea who I'm talking about, and sure, Mike is probably an old drag queen below the poverty line at this point, but at least he was a character who has most successfully embraced the goal of keep on... L-I-V-I-N living. Uh, love this. Okay, so we do challenge you when we sign off a lot of Neapolitan yeah. showdowns. It was just like, if you have thoughts, send it in. And he did send it in. Uh, do you have any idea the character he's talking about? Oh, yeah, I do. Okay. I, Mike is the the leader of the nerds with uh, Giovanni Ribisi's sister. I think it's Marissa Ribisi mm-hmm. uh, as the curly-headed, red-headed girl. And then... Um, Oh, Anthony Rapp. I think it's Anthony Rapp. Sure. Who plays the little blonde, his buddy. And then he goes off and uh, gets in the fight with a guy who's here to drink beer and kick ass, and he's all out of beer. Like, that's a famous line. And whips off his <laughs> oh, shirt yeah, nice, nice. and, like, starts pummeling the dude. And I was like, yeah. ooh, this is, oh, this is not yeah. how you thought it was going to go, Mike. Well, okay. Well, uh, he definitely knew his audience on this one because he was in his email he puts laser focus and that was kind of yeah. where i found myself as doing the quick draw round of what i was looking for and we just need a date night this movie uh adam goldberg uh does have a successful acting career he's still in the game you'll catch him on yeah. a lot of your favorite cbs dramas uh he had a good movie stretch there at tv teaming up with matthew mcconaughey once again uh, he was in son-in-law saving private ryan uh a beautiful mind one of my favorites uh, but yeah, thanks for popping in and calling out. Maybe we just day night it, bro. Maybe have we talked? Days and confused. Have we, Absolutely. Maybe have we talked this movie to death? Is there anything left for us to discuss this movie? Is this like an official movie of the podcast? Well, you know what's really funny is, is I had to go back and rewatch the scene, like the mailbox guy scene. Yeah. When you were talking about that, because you were like, <laughs> I was like, that was really My funny, and then one. I realized it's like, one. oh yeah. shit. That guy pulled a gun on them and shot at them. I was yeah. like, that scene's way crazier. Why don't I remember that? I like that? it. Taking matters into his own hand. <laughs> Guys, it's been too long. We have a MAMA parent tip for you today. Bring us to the jam. All right, MAMA parenting tip. Coach Awesome, what do you got for right. us, bro? What's going on? Right, uh, everyone, get take a knee. Oh, we're, take, we're, we're, we're getting this. Man, in, right. it's good to no, have but, you back, bro. Yeah, thank you. No, we're we're talking about this because uh, y- your boy is uh, coaching Kimish at in a soccer team, and it started bringing up a whole bunch of things about. Oh, hey, how do I be dad? Yeah, and coach at the same time. Which led to a great exchange of me telling Kamishet that she can't call me dad. I just want—I just wanted to ask you that. What are the rules? So she has to call you coach while on the field. Well, she just—yeah, she doesn't really say. She doesn't really abide by it. We had practice the other night, and she ran up and just—I was like, "What's up, dude?" And she was like, "I just want to give you a hug and give me um, a hug in the middle of practice." <laughs> so no, it's not all that bad. Oh man, rough life you lead. Yeah. Bro. So what's the thing here? So you're coaching the thing. Fine time. We know you have a nutty schedule. Uh, three kids, amazing wife. Like just kind of balancing that whole thing. I think you didn't. It wasn't like you walked in there. And you're just like, "Let me coach the soccer team because I know fucking soccer." Yeah, <laughs> I no. think it was like. Uh, I'm pretty sure Kamish Etz's dad likes sports. Maybe he'd be into this. 
Right, exactly. It was it was even further than that. It was Dr. <laughs> Miss the Commission was like, Hey, Commission, do you want to play soccer? And she's like, Yeah. And she was like, Do you want to coach the soccer team? And I was like, and then Commission was like, I want you to coach the soccer team, Daddy. I really oh, want man. you to do it. And I was like, and now I'm coaching soccer and I don't know anything about soccer, but thankfully neither do the kindergartners that I am coaching, so it really doesn't matter. This might be a little shout out to the all the uh kind of the frat boys that played on the co-pilots but who's more difficult yeah. to coach and have run by the rules of what you laid out was it we were the coach of the co-pilots or is coaching this team a little bit more difficult to keep the attention and everyone kind of reined in yeah oh, it's definitely it's definitely our team i mean certainly the kindergartners are far less or far less hungover than we were when we were running <laughs> running back so it's probably uh yeah i mean the kindergartners are really tough I have six of them or five of them on my team, and it's just hard to keep them. Like I, I remember like drawing up some some going on some websites and finding some like basically like U five U six drills to run with them. Yeah, because I was like, let's just see what we can do. And like even when you try to make them fun, like we had like a you know kick the cone type thing. It was like they're just doing their own thing, man. They're just like they're just happy to be outside and running around. Yeah. Um, and it's fun. It is good experience. But the the thing that I wanted to to talk about in just terms of the parenting and parenting tips is like kids in sports, your kids in sports. And if you are in that role where you're, I have my child on my team, like maybe you want to think about the boundaries and how it could impact others and your kids as well too. So like, so today we had our first game, and you know, I really obviously we have team it's not about scoring goals and there's no, we don't even actually keep score. Um, although the kids all do keep score. And that was really funny too. Cause they knew exactly who was winning <laughs> at the end of the game. But um, I, I definitely think you want to be, you know, when you're coaching youth soccer or youth sports at all, like early on, it's less about starting and winning. It's more about sportsmanship and teaching them the game. Right. And I think I've noticed that I, when I see some of the other coaches out there and the other like echelons and grades, like it really seems that they're kind of accelerating this idea of well, we got to get these kids like ramped up. We got to teach them the system, get them in there, and like we got to teach them about winning. And look, I'm a, I'm a competitive weirdo. Don't get me wrong, but at what point in their like you know ascension up does this become not fun anymore? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just totally great point, and that I think that hits a couple of the buckets I want to hit for you. Uh, and I'll just scatter shot. You just kind of take yeah. what you want to and run with it. You are a super competitive guy, and it's definitely I could see coaching like getting caught up in the moment. So it's almost like the parent coaches or even the parents like going to watch the game almost have a conversation with themselves beforehand, where it's just like, yeah. hey, like what am I looking for? Why am I going to this? Let's remember why my kid is doing this. It's for sportsmanship. It's to interact. It's to like play with like kids of the thing and to learn the sport like you kind of have to right. like check in with yourself on that and it's also like you know when, when does the transition happen from you don't seem super pro participation uh, participation trophy to me but like uh, do you see kind of just and i know you're just jumping into it now kind of as she grows up like where that kind of is it an age is it a skill level is it this is a passion of her. She might be good in it. So we're going to kind of, we'll start this slow shift of actually kind of focusing on being competitive at it. Or is it like, mm -hmm. you know, like 12 years old, like does it happen until 12. And then I just, from everything I hear, like soccer is all the buzz, all the rage and like girl soccer, like to me seems like one thing. It just has like, like so much pressure on it, like all the attention. 
Yeah, and it's okay. So, so there's a lot to unpack there. So I think a lot. like I just want to forget. So it. I, I didn't want to forget a question. Now you just take it and run for it. Take it yeah, you're right. Exactly. Right. Just, just give me, just let me give me some space <laughs> here. Everything I could ask. Um, so I do think that there is something to be said about like kind of like tearing your like competition expectations, right? Like mm-hmm. in this U5, like this kindergarten class that we have, it's literally just a, there's no goalie. There's it's three on three. They're just trying to learn, and we're just trying to get some basic like developmental skills. And then I th- I think is like once you get into the echelon where you can start to keep score, and you might kind of there might be a competition to it or things like that. You kind of you're layering in more skill development, but you're also teaching them about sportsmanship, about winning and losing, winning gracefully, losing gracefully, like not taking it, you know, too hard or or uh or 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 too too lightly one way or the other um because we even had you know and i it was a bit of a proud moment when i had this one kid who at the end of our game he's like who won and and then one kid is like we did and i was like we did win we won four to two suck at saint benedict's <laughs> but uh but we did um <laughs> but then commissette was like it's not about winning and losing it's about having fun and i was like that's the perfect sentiment i felt very proud in that moment but I had definitely been preaching that to them because it was like, look, like the two things that we want to get out of this is we want to have lots of fun. And when when we talked to the kids that weren't because we have five kids, three on three, two weren't going to be playing like your job is equally as important when you're on the sidelines because it's rooting on your team and cheering for your team. And I think like those are the kind of baselines that you're like, let's establish like, you know, we talk about parenting is about establishing a good person. Well, let's establish this good person within the confines of this competitive game. And so I think it's like our responsibility is as parents is to, you know, with your kids is to try and grow and, you know, have them become a better member of society. And then now within the confines of this competitive realm that we're in in sports, now we're going to have to treat them and coach them up to being a good member of a team and a good member of what what's going on and so talking about and did i mention this or or did you hear me when i said you know talking about like the guys on the sidelines it's you have an equally important job of like cheering on your team right so i mean that's that's part of it as well too um but i think it's like you said earlier it's like the parents like when you're in the parking lot it's like all right like let's not get too weird or let's manage our expectations and as a coach i found myself wanting to make sure that I managed the expectations of the parents as well too, when they walked up. Cause and I was, cause I was fearful of the fact that, you know, my daughter's going to be on the team. And if I start her, you know, at this point, there's no, like, there's no barometer for who's starting and who's sitting. But if I start her, that's going to look, some parent might have a weird thing. Yeah. So I purposely didn't start her just for the appearance of being, you know, overly fair. But I did sit there and say to the, all the parents, I was like, so we have four quarters uh, of like six minutes and we have three on three but we only have five kids we had one kid who late dropped right at the end of it so the rotation is going to be a little bit wonky and one or two kids might play a little more than the rest of them yeah so that was my point is as as to get out in front of it early because i didn't want somebody to be like oh you know you didn't get play, you didn't get pizza, even though we're at kindergarten level. Like I didn't want that to happen because I know that's where the where parents are. And parents on the other side of that, like you have to manage your expectations of what is going to go on here and what what you should expect from your kid. So that's totally insane. Like it's almost oh, like don't envy you. Like it's exciting. It's like what a right up your wheelhouse. You're obviously be great at it, but it's right. 
you so you have, I am, but did, didn't you hear we won four just, two? I, I, I don't know anything about I, soccer. I did, I did hear that, brother. I heard you won four two, and I'm thrilled as pie that you're still bragging about it. <laughs> I love it because uh, you're taking on like you're trying to develop these young minds. Like you want to develop like uh, their sense of camaraderie, their sense of sportsmanship. We all know I don't give a fuck about sportsmanship, but I think right, right, it is important right. at this level. Uh, but also, so where does this step in? Also, you're you're a little bit of the share for the parents, right? Like even as you kind of progress with Commission, uh, Commission 2.0 gets into it, and she's going to be a bruiser. Yeah. Like it's like really yeah, like right. kind of like keeping the like dealing with parents, or even like like coaches on the other end of the sideline that are taking this shit like a little too seriously. Like, how are you ready to walk that bridge? I know you'd be super great at it, but it's almost it's always kind of got to be in the back of your mind. Yeah, oh, it's definitely in the back of my mind. I mean, even like I said, just in the like, oh, who's going to start and who's yeah. going to sit? Like, I'm already thinking about it. And it's kindergarten, and none of the parents seem to care at all. They're all like very cool about it, and so that's one thing. It's like you're, you, you know, you know, you, you you can't you you can't choose your kids' friends' parents, and you can't choose your kids' teammates' parents either. So, oftentimes it just is who it is. And so, fortunately, yeah, you are with that. But there are. I mean, I heard at the coaches' meeting when when we were talking about there's a one or two parents that are no longer allowed to be coaches because they get a little too rah-rah they oh, get wow. a little too jacked up that's little can, that's kind of not as funny as it sounds like that kind yeah of well yeah i think they were a little bit older but still yeah it's not as it, it was for the first time coach and not knowing any of these people and they were kind of joking about it and i was like this this guy sounds like a like a <laughs> fucking weirdo like wh- why you know and you don't want to you don't want to ostracize a kid either but you know yeah I'm sure the apple doesn't fall far far from the tree on that one. <laughs> Although we did have our own little issue of sportsmanship. I mean, we did have a kid who told one like in in practice that because we were playing a little competitive one. He's got older brothers, and I can see this is probably something that happens in his house. But he he told his one of his teammates that uh, they sucked. So it was yeah. one of those moments. Is like you know, Coach Awesome, you got to sit down and like, all right, we can't like ignore that like as, yeah. as and i'm and i'm trying to really this is the thing that i've been struggling with as a parent too is like really trying to figure out when is the time to interject and correct versus when is the time to like let it go and just like water off a duck's back and that's really tough for me because i don't let things go and i and i tend to you know over you know like analyze stuff but in this respect it was like this is a like this is an important moment in a team concept where he needs not to like talk shit to his teammate. <laughs> yeah. he, not, he needs not to go Antonio Brown on it. Like, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, and let's, I mean, let's sit him down. Sure. In all fairness, I'd have to see the tape to analyze the scouting report. Let's take a shot. All right, brother. Uh, what is the team <laughs> name of Commission that you are the coach of? Oh, we're 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 St. Anne's. All right, St. Anne's won four to two this week. Let's go ahead That's and take right. him on the money line next week. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> Minus 360 on the money line. Uh, all right, guys, it's high noon. It meet me in the middle of the street. Take us to that jam. So let's leave it alone. Because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me, and we just disagree. All right, Neapolitan Showdown. I just texted you three fishes. You cracked up. You said, let's go with it. Let's run. We were kind of like, do we eat them? Do we not? Neither one of us were sure what the rules not are. Not 100% sure, no. Let's, that's what makes the showdown special. 
All right, uh, top three fishes. What do you got out of the gate? Number three, take the ball out, brother. I'm going number three. This is a classic. Everyone's sure. had it. I'm going goldfish. Ooh. All right, first, it's everyone's first pet. Even though it dies immediately, it's easily yeah. replaceable. It also teaches a little bit about the circle of life. Yeah, bummer. Um, and they also have awesome crackers, too. They do? Okay, yeah, so I was, was going to say yeah. the crackers is a bonus. I think you can get those at three ninety nine a pack. We'll give you three ninety nine on that. Weird thing about a goldfish is, I think it was Chad's daughter, uh, Chad Ostrom, who's been on the pod a couple times, the O Dog, yeah. uh, had a goldfish. Shocked at how long it stayed alive. I like. I, I'll have to like text Ooh. him and see. Like it was like a legit year. I want to say like fourteen months. Yeah. It was that number doesn't sound right, but he had another kid. No. But since that new kid, it was basically there were three kids in the house. <laughs> there was his oldest daughter, a goldfish, and then like his new son. It was, that was kind of like the pecking order for a while. He since has left this earth. Uh the goldfish that is obviously yeah. my number three. <laughs> uh, I'm going with yellow fin tuna. You want to talk about a multifaceted fish? Uh, so this is this makes up my boy ahi tuna, which if ahi tuna didn't exist, my interest in going to a sushi restaurant might dramatically just plummet. Like you get yes. the you get the yellow tail with the little jalapenos. Are you a sushi fan, bro? Oh, big sushi. You, you got what's, what's your what's uh you and Doctor Mr. Kamish go to sushi restaurant? There in the area. You guys got one? Ooh, there's there's yeah, there's the hot spot. Indiana, we got one. We got we got a one. Hot spot? All uh, right. We like to go to uh, Zing. Zing is a good one that is in downtown Mishawaka. It's uh, it's good and it's it's relative. It's moderately priced. It's not too bad, and it's uh, the fish is good, so we like it. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it's 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 a staple at a sushi. We restaurant. got engaged at a sushi restaurant. We got engaged in Yamashiro. Look at that! You guys have been married for how long? Almost ten years in November, but who's counting? Ten years, you have three ninety nine points. I'm taking ten points for that. One for each year you've been married. We're bringing it up. What's your two, brother? Uh see, this is the this is the trouble about this type of. Sure. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Plenty I don't know room. a lot about fish, so yeah. usually and sometimes if you snake my number two, I'll be able to pivot with something else. Oh, this is I two. had I had tuna as well too. I didn't have yellowfin tuna like you said. Mm-hmm. But I did have a big point of tuna having yeah. a ton of range. Yeah, you it does. You can go high-end sushi. You can also get the tuna fish sandwich, which I am certain you hate. I know That'd you be hate correct. that sandwich. That'd be correct. That'd, yeah. That'd be correct. Your instincts are right. And, you, and tuna all has awesome names. Bluefin, yellowfin, mm-hmm. albacore. That's a fucking strong name for a tuna. That's a, that, that, is, that is a dynamite game. So I, I think you did go a little... A little macro, like I like to say on this tuna, a little global. A little macro. I like little <laughs> oh man. I do go. like a pun. So what is your go to roll or what's your go to dish when you're going out for the sush? Yes, with the sush. So I, I always get like a couple like, hey, these are like, you know, this is my meat and potatoes, a spicy tuna roll is always a good one. Yeah. But I'm a big fan. Scallop hand roll, scallop cut roll. I love the scallops. Give me any of those things. I love that. Give me a spicy scallop hand roll. It's delicious. Oh, a hand roll. You like the kind of seaweed, like just kind of ice cream cone style. Just digging. Exactly. Because, again, I don't like to share. It's all self-contained. <laughs> That's right. fucking around. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? You're probably totally right. You don't like to share. Like when you order. So when you go to a sushi restaurant, do you actually have a preference or does this have different rules where it's just like we'll get three rolls to the table. We'll just kind of mix and match. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, with, yeah, Dr. Mrs. The Commission, I can't really break it up. But we definitely, okay. like, 
I definitely make sure that I get the ones that that we all we both want, and then we kind of have to like do a little like sushi math. It's like all that's right, your, that's your go. three, that's your four. Okay. You're 40 years old, right? Is that right? 40, 41? I am 40 years old. 40, okay. Uh, You can teach an old dog new tricks. Look at that. Sharing his food. I like to hear positive stories, positive spins on things. 40 points to most awesome. Uh, My number two, what's swordfish? Oh, swordfish is good. Swordfish. So let's just talk about the food for a while. Uh, Yeah, yeah. and then we'll talk about the monster that it is. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, swordfish is, it's steaky. Like, I like a steak. So yeah, if it's like, a heartier fish. Yeah, yeah, sure. exactly. If I'm eating it, like, it's not, like, it's just, like, it's not gristly. Like, it's not, like, I, fish isn't really gamey or whatever, but it's not, like, it's just, like, oh, man, this is just, like, white, flaky, like, kind of grilled. It's just, it's a really good kind of cut when you're just, like, maybe I'm not feeling, like, sushi tonight. Like, I just want to, like, do just kind of, like, a little fish patty, like a little fish yeah. fillet thing. Uh, and then let's talk about its uh, its face being a fucking sword. Uh, yeah, let's not let's not overlook that. It's bringing a sword to a fish fight. It's just like it shows up. <laughs> it shows up ready to throw down at a jump street, and just to show it's not fucking around, it put it in its namesake. Like it's just like yeah, yeah. I'm a swordfish. I'm not like oh, it's just like it, it's not called some sign of like uh like grayscale tuna that's just like oh, it's nose kind of weird. It's like I'm a swordfish. They call me that because I have a blade coming out of my face. Well, I don't think fishes actually know what swords are, so I don't think like you can fully give. I, mean, I, th- I, I, th- I think the other fish know what a fucking sword is, and I know they don't want to tango with it. Yeah, that's true. The, the crazy thing is, is like it uses that sword, like it pokes at you. Yeah, like, <laughs> no, that's a great point. It's not, it's, it's not like arbitrary. They're like, like an appendix on a human or something. Like it has like yeah. an actual like purpose. It's like it's this is why it's here. I'm playing with it. Yeah, it's not like it's a sword on like some general from some banana republic that's just there for show. You know what I mean? Like, yes. This thing gets down and dirty with it. Um, it but that's the, the the I saw the swordfish. I saw the skeleton of a, of a swordfish because yeah. I wanted to know like is that just like like cartilage Great or is that research, a bone? Yeah, it's a bone. Yeah, and it just made me realize like the monsters that live under the ocean and in the ocean. It's a yeah. freaky fucking place. Yeah, the ocean, like, like not to go back to the old adage, and I'm sure some, you know, uh, oceanographer, extremist, marine biologist, obsessed hobbyist can let us know, like, everything's going down, what are the percentages, but, like, you know, that cliche shit's real, like, we're not exploring our own ocean, we're exploring space, but there's, like, so much in the ocean that we haven't seen that just, yeah, yeah. like, can't be taken with, which is just, it's such a natural progression, and then I'm gonna go ahead and get my number one, I'm gonna back-to-back with my number two. There you go. There is, you go. I am doing the anglerfish. I've been obsessed with this fish since I was, is this your number one? No, it's not my number one, no. Uh, obsessed with it since I was in second grade. So I think a lot of times we talk about, like, fish, and we're just like, oh, fish are just, like, we eat them up. And it's just like, oh, whale eats them all. And I like fish, much like the swordfish, that, like, like they don't give a fuck. Like, they're, they're ready. They're coming after <laughs> right. you. They're predator themselves. This is the one that it's shaped like uh, like a VW bug. And on the top of its head, it has that fucking light. Oh yes, this, this fish produces this fish. light like it's General Electric, like it's going around with just like right. running one, just kind of reading light source off his head, and that light is there to dragging little fishies towards him, so he just gobbles them up. It's fucking crazy, and he's like, oh, so I, I just say this because he's one of those like it. I mean, it looks at like something out of a James Cameron Alien movie. Like if you just see the pictures of these in real life, like they're deep as fuck, and they're just like they're 
ugly. They look like just like gremlins. They're menacing. Yeah, and they just have like that fucking light coming off. It's yeah. James James Cameron. He likes to search the ocean. Yeah. James Cameron, email us. Tell us your thoughts on the ocean. At MAB Sports Podcast at gmail.com. Jump on here. Defend some fish. Let us know about the movies you made. I'm sure you have free time. What's your number one, buddy? We'll promise we'll do one of your movies this day. <laughs> um, my number one, I'm going with a classic. Everyone loves this fish. This is delicious. I'm going with salmon. It's the best fish to eat. You can eat it. It's, it's hearty. I like it. It's got a cool color. Uh, also, the fish itself, very determined. Salmon swimming upstream to lay their eggs. I like that. Got oh, a little yeah. gusto, a little spirit. And much uh, much like me, salmon is filled with good fat. <laughs> I'm going to give you a little bonus point because whenever you're a fish, you can come off with like a figure of speech, like the upstream thing. Like yeah. That's pretty solid. We are like venturing a little bit into basic bitch territory with just like, I'd like the salmon. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and take the victory for that. Fuck you if people are like, oh, red snapper. You don't know what the <laughs> fuck it is. <laughs> Uh, look up angler fish, uh, guys. Let us know your favorite fishies. Send us Could have gone catfish. Catfish is a goddamn monster. Have you seen oh, that? Oh, that's thing? terrifying. That's disgusting. It may be sports podcast at gmail.com. Let us know your favorite fish, my, my. guys. If you got a quick draw for I'm just us, fish just now. let us know, and you can get on and challenge it. Where'd you get engaged at a sushi restaurant? Let us know. All right, guys. Um, bring us to the jam. Time for that gambling corner. Super Bowl futures. Brandana Gambling Corner. Um, what I did right here is I just took my AFC champs or my AFC matchup for the championship game, my NFC matchup for the championship game. Uh, I have most of the odds here for you, unless you go fucking insane or rogue like the Detroit Lions or something. No, no, I won't do that. All right. Um, but the uh, the update is after the Antonio Brown trade. We'll tackle this real fast. So, so two first things before we get into this. Um, real fast, and know we're up against it. I think my bet this week, so I sent you that on Instagram. Guys, look on, um, well, it's actually, you'll already see it, but we will be posting my Brandana Gambling Corner locks, picking 57% this year. Uh, you'll find that on our Insta, MAB underscore sports. Um, already out of the gate, 1-0. Uh, not necessarily going for a number, just if I like something, I'm going to post it. If we don't like it. Yep. My big one for this week, which is whatever, you won't hear it, but I'll definitely underscore it on the... And so just to let you know I'm real about it, I think I'm going, uh, like, my best bet is really this Lions minus two and a half. You're loving and this. I mean, I mean, I can't get, I think, I, I don't know if I'll bet the other two. I mean, it's still part of my official picks. I'll spread things around, but I just, I absolutely love it. Uh, all right, let's go. The Patriots line actually shifted. They used to be tied with the Chiefs at plus 600 uh, with a sign of Antonio Brown that changes by 150 Bucks, they're plus 450 to win the championship. Right now, out of the gate for my AFC champs, uh, my my AFC matchup for the championship game, I'll tell you who I have. Do you have anybody real fast, or you just want to go straight to your Super Bowl pick? We'll go straight to Super okay, Bowl. Okay, cool. Because I, 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 I think we're going to be pretty close on it. Sure. Uh, yeah, I got Chiefs versus Steelers, um, NFC Ooh. side. I have Saints versus Packers, division winners, Patriots, Chiefs, Steelers, Jags. Uh, these might change also on my futures, but this is just 
what I want. Patriots, Chiefs, Steelers, Jaguars, one division. Jets and Browns as my wild card, leaving my much-touted Baltimore Ravens and San Diego Chargers on the outside looking in. Division winners on NFC side, Cowboys, Saints, Packers, Rams. I'm giving my wild cards to Vikings, Seahawks. We'll love to see the 49ers there. Not quite sure it's going to happen. Chiefs, Steelers in the AFC Championship game with the Chiefs prevailing. Chiefs odds are plus 600. Saints Packers in the championship game with the Saints prevailing. Saints odds are plus 1,200. Let me just hit you with the odds real fast, and then I'll let you take it from there. Most awesome. Uh, division winners. These are all the teams I just mentioned to win the Super Bowl in value order. If I can pull that off real fast. Patriots plus 450. Chiefs plus 600. We have the... Steelers plus 1,800, Browns plus 1,800, uh, missed the Saints there, Saints plus 1,200, Rams plus 1,400, Packers, Cowboys at plus 2,000, Vikings plus 2,000, Seahawks plus 2,000, Jaguars plus 2,500. What do you think, brother? Ooh. So you, a lot of numbers, a lot of numbers. You, 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 a lot of numbers you ran off there, the Eagles, uh, right? Yeah, man, I just like, I look at the Eagles like I'm not, there's, I think I boiled down the I'm not 100%. I think Wentz is getting about a half game more, one game more than he's earned. Sure. Wide receivers, not quite elite level. I'm not trying to contradict myself earlier where I'm just like an elite wide receiver. doesn't really matter. I know there's – I just – I see them more manufacturing points than points at will. I think it's a crowded, confusing backfield. And I think they, I ticked them down half a win, if not a win. It just like them offering to move uh, – Howard for Gordon. I don't know. That's right. just like, I, that just kind of fucks up locker rooms to me. Like, I don't know. Like it's not, that's not a sexy thing going in. If you're, you don't see that happening with a lot of like, you know, odds on favorites be like, Oh yeah, well we'll move like one of our guys that is probably going to be a main chess piece that we just, that we just moved. We just got. Yeah. Just yeah. It's weird. Partner. It's just like, yeah, cause, you. cause you gotta, you, you. you gotta feel like you brought him in. You're just like, dude, we brought you in. Cause I know we have four other fucking guys that we're, <laughs> that looks like we're gonna hand the ball off to like, you're our guy. And it's just like, Hold that thought one second. Got a call from the Chargers. We'll be back in 10. It's just like, great news. You're still here. And I, I would, if I were you, I'd say off Twitter in ESPN right. for like the next two weeks. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that that was a little curious. I, I, you know, but that's the thing is, is they've, they've kind of historically had like a stable since uh, Peterson has been there. Uh, of running backs that are there. So I think that might they, be they have, the, they, the locker room culture of – they, okay, they have a stable. Yeah, okay, so it's just like just run them all out there. Like they have a lot, but it's like it's never been super consistent. It's just like Blount comes in, and then it's just like it, like even earlier, like Demarco Murray, and then I, I know it was before yeah, like the yep, whole new yep. thing. But it's like Blount comes in, and then it's just like you know Ajayi, and it's just like what are we doing this bad? Like there's just I I don't know. I still think while I don't think you have to have like a Bell Cal like an Elliot, I do think there is a little consistency in a one two punch that makes sense to me, and I'm not seeing it here. For sure, yeah. Well, the thing is, is that uh, so I like, I like your Steelers at plus eighteen hundred. Yeah. Um, I like that just because I like a little bit of the, hey, you know, everyone's we're kind of like at this like ancillary like side story with this AB thing. I like Juju Schuster Smith. Yes. I like the fact. I mean, I don't like it, but their their wide receiver coach unexpectedly passed away. Uh, Daryl Drake and I think that that's one of those like extra like motivating themes that are like all right well we got to get this done Big Ben is in his kind of final foray of it and the defense is a little bit ramped up here and it could be like hey that could be a sneaky pick 
but I, I I can't not pick the Patriots. I'm gonna I, okay, can I, can I, yeah, that's fair. And then the zig zigging to the Patriots is probably the most unzig zig unzigable thing of. that you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But here's the like. I know we're all – here's the thing with the Patriots to me, and I know probably one of the things that jumped out to you. And, guys, again, all those numbers I gave earlier were odds to win the Super Bowl, not win right. the division, not win the AFC-NFC championship. It's to win the Super right. Bowl. But we're still going to talk yeah. about those teams. Plus, plus 450, I wouldn't put my money out there. That's – Plus 450 for the Patriots. That's fucking crazy. But that's the one that I think is like that's, – that's Sure, 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 sure. That's the most confident. You say this, bad, but it's still like I don't uh, – it's – it's Tom Brady being 42. Tom Brady being 42 eventually is going to show 42. We've seen it happen with every quarterback in the league that's been ever able to stay around this long. Like, if he starts throwing fucking ducks, and I know we even talked about, like, there's a way around they're going to do it. Like, if his arm's just, like, not there, if it gets weird, if he starts just being old, like, that division might not be there. And then they're going on the road to Kansas City. They're going, and it's like, I don't trust a, a Tom Brady, like, grasping onto like the last kind of minutes of his career because it's usually with with the teams we have seen do this with the teams we have seen take like a old af quarterback to the finish line denver broncos with peyton manning like his arm was absolute dog shit but the denver broncos defense was insane it won the super bowl it got him to the super bowl i'm just saying like if tom brady is all of a sudden like it just can't be father time anymore like there's just no way. There's no way. Like, maybe they lose division to the Jets. There's no way they go back to back. Fucking, they go to Pittsburgh and then go to Kansas City and then end up in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I I, I get what you're saying. I guess, but but what's the? I mean, he threw 12 passes in the preseason. Yeah, so well, what's the proof why, of it? Why, nothing. Why nothing. Why are we thinking he's? Why do we think he's going to throw ducks? I mean, because he's 42. Is what we're thinking. Because it's going to happen. It's going to happen it, this it, season, next year, or the year after. And I'm just saying, like, uh, at at something slightly better than four to one odds, like that's not a big enough payoff for me to be like Tom Brady stays healthy and Tom Brady doesn't look 41. For sure. No, I agree with you. I, from a gambling perspective, yes. From a, the, what, what's the evidence that he is, he's, I mean, he obviously he's 42 and he's dropping off, but a 68% completion percentage in the playoffs, you know what I mean? It's like, I think he's just going to get the ball out, dink and get it to his playmakers. Like, I don't think he's going to, try and beat you over the top i think he's gonna find those guys in space and get it done so well here's how but, but arm strength is as as necessary but let me ask you this because you can actually get better value for your money if you went steelers saints and packers than if you went just straight patriots patriots you bet sure. 100 map dollars and then you bet one hat spread 100 map dollars across steelers saints packers and then like worst case scenario you know, you're uh, you lost it. Like you're getting, you're you're netting nine hundred Mab dollars, and that's the Saints winning at the worst odds. Yeah, and I would I would go. The Saints were plus twelve hundred, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and so I would go. I would swap that plus twelve hundred and do it with the Eagles for the same reason we talked about Drew Brees being old as fuck and all that same stuff around them. Sure. You might as well just you might as well just go cuz I do like the Steelers and I do like Green Bay just kind of one last hurrah in a in a in an NFC uh division where I think the Saints and the Rams potentially could have like the Rams could have a little Super Bowl hangover that happens to every team. It could be the the Patriots, it could be the the Rams too. I mean, they're uh, it could be the league could be catching up on them, and Jared Goff could be, you know, with Ty Gurley not being a hundred percent, Jared Goff might have a little more pressure, 
and uh, that might not be Jared Goff's best time. All right, you know, maybe they're football. maybe they're a little mad dollar on those uh, those Packers. We seem to be seeing eye to eye on that, and that'd be oh, yeah. plus two thousand mad dollars buys. A lot of T-shirts. We know we owe shirts. <laughs> Red lag. Uh, real fast, what's your Super Bowl matchup, and who do you got winning? Um, at this point, I would have to go Pats, Eagles, Patriots, Eagles. I just I I love the, what they've done defensively. I love the the weapons that they have around. It's not Tom Brady beating you. It's like we said, the six wide receivers that I laid out: Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, James White, Damian Harris. Ben Watson and Lance Kendricks come back at in like game five or whatever for tight ends. The offensive line has been really good for them. I know they lost Andrews, their center, uh, but they've got Dante Skarniecki, the best offensive line coach in the business. And they've got a good defensive backs and a pass rush that's going to get after you. They added Michael Bennett, Chase Winovich from Michigan. Uh, I mean, until you can, until I can see it differently, that's my pick for the, the Super Bowl in the AFC is the Pats. All right. Well, we got four different teams. It'll be super interesting. We'll have to dog ear that along with our futures. Guys, follow us on Instagram. Brandana's Road to 57% starts this Sunday. Actually, it's on Thursday. Uh, if you guys have any gambling questions you want to sit in, you want to talk a little a little bit about just how you can make a teaser work for you because that'll be coming up. I hope you did your homework last year because want to <laughs> get on those. All right, I'm uh, going to finish, as we always do with our MVP of the week. This week I have New England's Patriots. Uh, i keep it super simple. There's a reason it's called the Patriots way, and as much as we want to fucking hate it, and I want to hate the Patriots, yeah. and everybody wants to do it, there is still this buzz where it's just like every player wants to go to fucking new england and it makes you want to rip your hair out but the guys show there and they show up there and they become model citizens and they buy into the system from a distance it's absolutely insane if you really think about one franchise that's competing like this can just have all these head kids just buy into it and it doesn't mean it always doesn't like pan out but there's never really a situation where this is blown up in their face or where Belichick has put his actual team chemistry in jeopardy. If it doesn't work out, he just moves on. And it's nuts that someone that's at Antonio Brown's level, top four wide receiver in the league right now, Hall of Fame wide receiver, can be cut and then 15 minutes later already have a deal worked out with the Patriots because you knew they were just waiting until that opened up. Uh, So, yeah, that's uh, as much as you want to hate it. I definitely hate it. you got to respect it. So hats off. Beautiful. I love it. The Patriots way. Bill Belichick That's, his motto. I love it. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on the baseball tip. I, I, this is a fun oh. little story. I love this. Uh, Brian Moran. I'm gonna go with you as my MVP. Uh, Brian Moran on Thursday. I think it was Thursday night. Made his major league debut after 10 years of grinding it out in the minor leagues. He's like a submarine style sidearm pitcher, and he got a win in his first first pitches. He only he only pitched an inning. And in one inning, he struck out one batter and got the win. But that one batter was his younger brother, Colin <laughs> Moran, which is fucking awesome. Good. Fine. I love that. Yeah. Guys, this has been the M.A. Bowie Sports Podcast. Uh, we are up against it. Any thoughts you have? Uh, Mad Brigade Separation, anything you want to see for date night? We're going to jump into something. Got a lot of fun stuff coming up. And, of course, we won't neglect that. NFL because we love it. Follow us on MAB underscore sports on the Insta. Anything you want to say, hit us up. Email box is flooded and we loving it. We'll definitely give some time to the inbox. MAB sports podcast at gmail.com. I'm Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Audience, now that I'm coaching soccer, you can call me Coach Pod Belichick. And I'm going to be telling those kids to do their damn map.
style, fame, she likes glamour, runway, style, fame, she likes fashion.